You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, gentlemen, friends, countrymen, welcome back to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. My name's Chika Eloy, and I am sitting here with the one, the only, the man, the mystery, the legend, Jay Teresi. Welcome back, Jay. Chika, good to see you, man. It is good to have another episode here on the books. So, Jay, what are you thinking we want to talk about today? We talked a lot about my story and my marriage last week and why I have a desire to go deeper and see this really rich marriage that Morgan talked about. You know, we based this series around some comments that Morgan Snyder made in his book, Becoming a King. And we're unpacking pieces of that as we go through these episodes. And so I'm just excited today to hear about that and to hear a little bit about what does it look like to die for our wives every day? You know, for our listeners, Jay and I, we selfishly got to be selfish this weekend and take a, a man's weekend away, a men's retreat with about 40 other guys. We went to the, uh, the North Mountains in our state here. And um, what was really interesting was the theme of that or the start of that retreat was, was this idea that we are being selfish so that we could learn how to be more selfless. Another interesting part of that retreat was the campsite, Jay, we were on. Do you remember the bathrooms of that of that campsite we were on? What was unique about those bathrooms? No mirrors. No mirrors. So we were up there for three nights, four days with zero mirrors. And Jay, I don't know about you, but when I came home, it was the first time I'd seen myself and I'd actually not thought about seeing myself for four days. I had the same exact experience. And I remember being at camp thinking, gosh, they must not have mirrors because they're afraid kids will break them. But, you know, it could be even deeper reasons than that. But it was amazing. I walked in and my wife has a mirror right, you know, by the garage door when you walk in and I saw myself and I was like, whoa. And it was just, I hadn't thought about myself at all in that way in four days. And it was, it was a really interesting experience. We live in a mirror society, Jay. I mean, you and I and the listeners can probably agree. And if I poke at the listeners real quick, I mean, when was the last time that you looked at yourself on your phone? in a selfie type of way. I mean, think of society today, how we walk around, everything's about the selfie. We can't experience anything without, oh my goodness, let's take a selfie. Or if you were to meet a famous person, probably the second thought after who is that is, oh my gosh, I've got to go get a photo with that person. Why? Well, we can talk about that in another episode. But today's episode, I really want to poke in when we think about our wives and we think about this concept of dying to ourselves. The culture is really pulling us in a different direction. It's so counterculture to turn the camera to face forwards versus pointed at yourself. I, I think of 2 Timothy 3, 2, where it says people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, uh, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy, you know, lovers of themselves, Jay. Talk to me about that for a moment. What's coming up for you? Well, you know, it's really interesting as, you know, as believers, I think a lot of believers feel that we're nearing the end of the age. It's going to happen at some point. That's what Christians believe. You know, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to restore all things. We have no idea on the timing of that, but Jesus is pretty clear. The closer we get to that, the more people are going to love themselves, the more they're going to be into themselves. And we see that growing. So I was just thinking about those comments you made around the selfie. And on Saturday night at the camp, we had the opportunity to watch the movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And there's this incredible scene at the end where Sean Penn and Ben Stiller are talking. And Sean Penn is up on the mountains in the Himalayas. And he's about to take a picture of this really rare 
leopard that nobody ever sees. And he's staring at it. And Ben Stiller's like, are you, are you going to take the picture? And he goes, no, man, sometimes I don't. And Ben Stiller's like, why? And he said, sometimes I just like to sit in the moment. And I was just thinking about what you said, like, we never do that anymore. Like, you're exactly right. If something's going on, wait, 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 someone get a picture. But why not? Let's take a picture with our mind. Like, let's sit in the moment with the Lord in the present. We can't stay in the present when we're always taking pictures of everything. And I think that's a big problem in our marriages is we're not present in our marriages. How do you die for your wife if you can't even be present for her? Well, you think about just like you said, the, the marketplace we live in, Jay. I mean, when we go to counseling, you and I go to counseling, why? So that the counselor can focus on you, 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 and your problems and your its and your wounds and your posing, you know, and I even heard, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, I was listening to the scripture, you know, love your neighbors as yourself. And the the speaker was trying to twist it to say, before you love your neighbors, you've got to focus on yourself. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hang on a second. What, what are we doing here? I mean, this this kind of point of this mirror is constant. This mirror is, is, this mirror is misery. You know, Jesus was the most present person in the history of the world. And he saw people. And you just think about his example. And I think that leads us to the discussion we're going to have, which is what is dying for her really about? It's really about leading her. And I know, I know in your own personal story, Chica, you've had to learn this concept, but first of all, we're both still learning this concept every day and we get it wrong a lot, right? We get it wrong a lot, but the more we learn to die for our wives, the richer our marriages get, the deeper we can go, the more we can be available to fight for her in her wounding, to defend her from the attacks of the enemy. Cause we can see them. We can see her hard to see somebody when you're looking at yourself. Philippians two says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Jay, and I know that you know off by heart, like myself, Galatians 2.20, which is? Well, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And this is critical, I think, to the discussion we're going to have for the second half of this podcast, which is you cannot die for your wife every day, as Ephesians 5.25 really commands. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He died for her. Like that's the really, that's the really important point. Of course, we're all willing to step in front of a bullet for our wives. That's not, that actually doesn't even take that much courage. But I can't die for her if I have not first died to Christ and no longer live in my own selfish desires, but Christ lives in me. If I can understand how to connect Galatians 2.20 and Ephesians 5.25, the ramifications in our relationship with our wives will be so dramatic. Now, this is really hard work. And, and I know, Chica, you're going to unpack this for us a little bit, but like, I don't exist for myself anymore. I, I'm a slave to Christ. I've surrendered my life. I'm like a military guy. Like military guys don't live for themselves. They take orders and they execute orders. We are in the army of the Lord. Like, I know that sounds dramatic and maybe even churchy, but, but think about it. When we agreed to Jesus and invited him into our lives, we said, come Holy Spirit, rearrange everything about us. Like, you're in charge now. I'm here to execute and live for you and reflect you. Well, that means that our job is not to reflect J. Teresi's point of view on the world but the Lord's point of view on the world, the king, the boss, the captain, right? And so that's true in my marriage as well, where unfortunately we find the highest degree of selfishness sometimes. I want to throw a couple of grenades out to you, Jay, and maybe you can you can throw a couple back at me. I know that the most selfish times in my marriage, Jay, the, the grenades that I have were things like this. I have a work trip come up and I'm thinking to myself, well, I could come back Thursday night, but because I want to stay an extra day so that I can see things, maybe I'll just extend it a day. Oh, I've got this relationship over here, man or female, who's asking me to do this, but my wife's asking me to do that. 
but I can't let these other people down. So I'm going to go do the first ask instead of what my wife's asked. You know, gosh, as, as, as real as it comes, Jay, I think even a month ago, and, you know, I would say that I'm in transformation. And a month ago, I was invited down to Augusta to go play golf. My wife came down with COVID the night before. I went to Augusta. Oh, man. It, it is disappointing that we are often the most selfish and least empathetic with the people that matter to us the most. I, I said this when we were talking about anger and, and my wife had asked me a question after I had rudely exploded on her and she had said, would you ever do that at work? And I was like, no, of course not. I'm the boss. Like I can't do that, <laughs> but I feel okay doing that in my own home with the person that I have said I will like die for in sickness and in health. I will never, ever think about myself. I'll think about you first because that is what one flesh means. That is what coming together means. That was God's design. And this isn't about being a doormat. And this isn't about being, you know, somebody who is an enabler. Like, that's not what you're talking about. You're saying, man, Chica, that was very vulnerable. You're saying, I'm going to pass on this once in a lifetime experience because this is where I need to be right now with my wife. And, and that tension of, oh, but man, Augusta, she'll be okay. I'll be back in seven hours. She'll be all right. Yeah, if, if we go with, you know, treat your wife like like the church, like if that was Jesus, if that was Jesus, would I have peaced out on Jesus to go down to, to swing a <laughs> no couple way. of clubs? I mean, Psalm 27 says to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I mean, imagine if every single day I came in and I thought about that way of my wife, even when she was poking at me, even when she was triggering me, I turned back and I just gazed and I said, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I know that you and I have had offline conversations, Jay, about the wound. And sometimes I have wounds that, that get triggered pretty easily, but also I have to understand my wife does as well. Man, she does. And we're going to get into this more in the next episode, Chica. Like she's designed to poke you. Iron sharpens iron isn't just about a man sharpening a man. And we're going to talk about that a lot in the next episode, but your point's a good one. Again, we're not going to say, I love you, I love you, I love you in a patronizing way that is going to spin her even higher, right? Like that's not the point, but the point really is, hey, your wife is wounded like you're wounded and her wounds are different than yours, but your command as a husband, the oath you took is I am going to fight for the healing of those wounds. I'm going to have clarity of mind to understand them. And when the enemy tries to use them in our marriage, I'm going to draw my sword. I'm going to draw my spiritual sword. I'm going to speak over her. I'm going to challenge her. Like, look, if, if we need to go to counseling, I'm going to be the one that leads out. Baby, we got to go to counseling. We have got to do You got to go to counseling. I got to go to counseling. Whatever it is, we need to get people to speak into us or we need to pray every night. You know, men, this is going to sound silly and I don't mean to apply any pressure here, but do you pray for your wife every single night or every morning? Is there a time every day where you cover her with your spiritual authority? You know, we find often, and Morgan even admits it in Becoming a King, as deeply as he walks in this message, there's something awkward about praying with your wife on a regular basis. Why does that bring up this awkwardness in men? Well, because the enemy does not want you doing that. He does not want you covering her in spiritual authority because she's going to respond to you in openness and tenderness. And that is going to lead to deeper levels of intimacy. And when you're praying for someone all the time, it's really difficult to be a jerk to them, especially when they're pushing your buttons. You're going to respond differently. And the enemy knows that. So he's going to do everything he can to go, I don't pray with her. That's awkward. Or, oh, when you pray with her, oh, oh, help us sleep good tonight, Lord. And I love my wife. And no, it's like, are you praying mighty prayers of intercession for her? every night over her wounds and calling her into a deeper level of intimacy. You know, I, I, for years, I know one of my wife's highest values. She has two that are just really important to her that I go to bed with her 
And then I pray over her every night. And I cannot tell you, Chica, for how many years I just resisted those things. I resisted those things. Or when I did them, I did them half-heartedly and it was so selfish. What was it in me that was like, see, these are not outlandish requests from my wife and they bring her heart alive. Like, what is, what am I doing in that? That I was not dying for her is what I was not doing. You say the enemy, and I think back to Eve. You know, the enemy's been playing a game since Eve, and you and I covered this this weekend with a lot of gentlemen in conversation, whereby the enemy's been looking at the woman, the, even the man, and, and just kind of saying, you do you. Like, if you want to go get the apple, it wasn't about it wasn't about keeping it from Adam when he said, go get the apple. It was about you do you so that you can go and be the best you. You know, it's holding the mirror up and saying, this is all about you. But John 10.10 10 says what, Jay? That the thief comes to steal, kill. <laughs> that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, he won't even let me get it out straight. And and so when I think of the enemy and when you bring that into the marriage, man, he is looking around every corner to keep you from being one with your wife. You know, the second half of John 10.10 10 is the anchor. The, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus says, but I have come that you would have life and have it to the fullest. And in our marriage, that begins, that absolutely begins, really it begins and ends with our ability as husbands to learn how to die to our wife. And Chica, I think we need to close out the podcast with this concept of, but before I can do that, I have to die to myself. So Chica, maybe you could walk us through, how, can, how come it's impossible for me to die to my wife until I learn to die to myself. And what does learning to die to myself look like? What are some practical things that men can take away going, okay, whoa, well, that all sounds good. I want to die for my wife. I want to be that guy. I, I want to be a guy that doesn't get triggered when she's trying to trigger me. I want to be a guy that recognizes when her wound is spilling out all over the place on me or on the kids or, you know, on our in-laws and how can I support her and fight for her in that? It's a very, I mean, that, that is not a, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to decide to do that. I'm going to do that. Like there's all kinds of things you have to learn as a man. We're going to unpack that right over weeks and months and years the skill set required. You have, if you want to learn to die to your wife, you're going to have to develop a skill set and go after it as hard as you go after studying sports stats or go after your hobby or what you do at work. You're going to have to put that level of focus and energy higher, even if you want to have a marriage that Morgan is talking about. Like you need to know that, Ben. If you sign up for this, you are going to have to learn skills and fight for them the way you fight for the things in life that you love the most. Ooh, I hope I just stood on somebody's toes. Do you fight for your wife the way you fight for your hobbies? The way you fight for your addictions, I don't know. But Chica, before we can even go there, we have to first do what? Learn to die to ourselves. What does that stir in you? I think it comes back to the example we gave before, which is turn the camera literally around on your phone. Instead of staring at yourself and what it is that you want, You know, what if you push that outwardly this way? And it starts with looking up, right? Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Worthy is the lamb. Looking up thinking about Jesus, thinking about how worthy he is, giving him praise, giving him honor, and then coming back and saying, okay, how can I serve you? And when I think now of my wife and, and the mornings when I wake up and I do intercede for her and I do pray for her, I'm asking myself, how can I help you first before I help myself? Prayer matters. It moves things. We believe that so deeply. Jesus believed that. He prayed every day to his father. The disciples believe that. The church has believed that for 2,000 years. The Jews believed it. I don't know why it works. I didn't create the system. But there is a way things work in God's economy. And one of the things that matters is prayer. It moves things. I'm sure on those days, Chica, when you intercede for her, the day is different. 
she is different. Her spirit responds. Her spirit is designed to respond to your intercession. It absolutely is. Now, this is not easy stuff. This is not child's play. This is big league stuff. Learning to die to yourself so you can then learn to die to your wife every single day the way that Christ died for us. But now what did he do after he died? He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So what is the example for husbands? Our primary responsibility in marriage, this is just J3's opinion, and Jay Therese's opinion alone, but but as I read the scripture, what I see is love my wife like Christ loved the church. He died for me, and now he sits and intercedes with me daily with the Father. So what is my example? Die for my wife and then intercede for her daily with the Father. I think a practical thing for our viewers as we close up today, Jay, a quote that I learned this weekend was, when I'm with my wife, am I excited to be there or I'm just waiting for it to be over? Oh, boy. Right? Am I am I present? Am I is the phone down? Am I looking at her because I care about what she has to say? Or am I just counting the time doing my duty as a husband so that she can be happy? You know, I'm imagine standing in Target guys or 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 home goods and she's looking around and she's picking up other cushions. Imagine if you just enjoyed that and had a good time. What would that look like? What would that do if in every interaction similar we could do that with our wives? Well, let's bring, I love this as the takeaway for the podcast, Chica. Let's bring it back to the beginning. When you were dating her, when you were pursuing her, oh, you did it. Oh, you did it, man. You were so present. You let nothing distract you. Try that for a week. It's going to freak yeah. your wife out. Just be present with her for a week. Turn your phone off and put it in your pocket when you see her. Just be, look at her, pay attention to her. Get excited about the things you're excited about. Come in and ask her, how things with your girlfriends? What are you guys talking about? She's going to pass out. <laughs> Show not tell too, gentlemen. You don't have to give away what you're trying to do. You just you just got to do it. Absolutely right? just, show not tell, right? Just do it and observe and learn. Part of learning to die is experimenting. You're explorers, you're men, yeah. you're adventurers. This is an adventure. Take this week. We just challenge you right now. Take this week and just try to be as present with your wife as you were when you were pursuing her in the beginning and all you could think of every day was her. Heavenly Father, as we step away from this conversation and we look at them as actions, I, I, I pray that you give the men, the listeners, you give us the courage to continue to step forward with our wives, to continue to pursue them. You know, we are ruined. We are men of unclean lips and we live among a people of unclean lips, Lord. And I ask that as we step into this week, you can really let us become more present and maybe even die a little for our wives this week because you are worthy. Mm. We say all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.